What's up guys, it's Adam, and welcome back to another Paper Movie Single Cut, where one of the hosts gives their thoughts on a certain novelization that the others may not have or not have read. Today, I'll be discussing the novelization to the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow that premiered in 1999. The novelization was written by Peter Lorangus, with the story by Kevin Yeager and Andrew Kevin Walker, with the screenplay also by Walker. As many of you know, this film was based on the story The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving, which happens to be one of my favorite ghost stories. The novelization was published by Pocket Books and contains eight full-color photographs from the film. Right off the bat, I have to say how excited I was to find this novelization, because this copy is not only just the novelization to the film, but it also contains Irving's original short story, and I thought it would be fun to compare the novelization to both the original story as well as the film. But I will only give my thoughts on the novelization, not the original story. There will be some spoilers ahead, no pun intended, so I just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay, pun intended. Let's get started. So the original short story takes place several years after the Revolutionary War. It starts with a tall, thin gentleman resembling a scarecrow named Ichabod Crane approaching a small town called Sleepy Hollow. The town is rumored to be bewitched and haunted by ghosts. The most famous is the ghost of a headless horseman who was once a Hessian soldier that was decapitated by a cannonball during the Revolutionary War. Ichabod Crane is the town's new schoolmaster, and he soon meets a beautiful young woman named Katrina Van Tassel, who is the daughter of the wealthiest farmer in Sleepy Hollow, Baltus Van Tassel. Crane is dedicated to win the hand of Katrina, but it is implied it is only for her wealth and her beauty. He is rival for her hand by a young man named Abraham Van Brunt, or Brom Bones as he is called. During a party at the Van Tassel estate, it is implied that Ichabod attempts to propose to Katrina, but apparently it does not end well and Ichabod travels back home at night on his horse named Gunpowder. He soon encounters the headless horseman and tries to escape him, but he is never heard from or seen again. Brom Bones and Katrina marry shortly after his disappearance. Some claim that Ichabod survived the encounter and is now living in New York City. Others claim Brom Bones knows more about what happened to Ichabod than he's letting on, implying the horseman was a prank to scare Crane away from Katrina. Then again, the story says the old Dutch wives in the town believe that the schoolmaster was in fact killed by the horseman that night. So now moving on to the film adaptation of this story, Tim Burton's take was pretty different, but it does consist of elements from Irving's original tale. But I'll only list just a few of those differences. The film was more of a mix between a slasher film and a detective murder mystery. This story takes place in 1799, and Ichabod Crane is sent to Sleepy Hollow, but not as the schoolmaster. In the film, he is actually a constable or police officer from New York City, and is sent to Sleepy Hollow to solve the mystery of a series of decapitations and apprehend who is responsible. He does this with the help from the son of one of the horseman's victims. The Headless Horseman is still the ghost of a Hessian, but in the film he was actually a Hessian mercenary, not a soldier, and he was actually killed and beheaded by the militia, not from a cannonball. And he rode a black horse named Daredevil, who was the name of Brom Bones' horse in the original story. And speaking of which, there is actually no rivalry for Katrina between Crane and Brom in the film, although the film does pay homage to the original story with the famous chase scene with Brom disguised as the horseman throwing a flaming pumpkin at Ichabod. 
While the horseman does haunt the hollow, he is actually controlled by a witch, who is later revealed to be the film's main villain. And now for my thoughts. I thought this was a pretty good novelization. I know there's been a mixed reception about the film, but I personally enjoy it, and I have the same feelings towards the novelization. Now don't get me wrong, I didn't care for some of the changes to the original story. I didn't really like the whole slasher film slash murder mystery vibe they went with, because I didn't feel like it captured the suspenseful and almost haunting feel of the original story. I also preferred Irving's original ending to his tale. It was a mystery in itself, and I enjoy endings that make you think and wonder what really happened, which unfortunately you don't really get with this film. But back to the novelization. I thought it was very engaging, and I was never bored with it. I actually read it in about three hours or so. It's about 150 pages, so it's a very easy read. Like most novelizations, this one did have its share of minor differences here and there, like briefly extended scenes or altered dialogue, but there was one difference that I thought was pretty interesting, and it happened so briefly in the book. But in the story, after Ichabod learns of the horseman's grave location from the Witch of the Woods, he later finds her headless corpse after the horseman rises from the Tree of the Dead, and notices her murder was done in a somewhat different fashion than the other victims. You don't see him discovering her body in the film, and instead you just see him chase the horseman before it cuts to another scene. Again, it happens very briefly, but I thought that was a very interesting addition that was found in the novel that was absent from the film. I wonder if it was meant to be a deleted scene, or a scene that was just never filmed, but The Witch's Fate is featured in both the book and the film. For my grade, I'm going to give this novelization a B+. Again, even though I'm not a huge fan of some of the differences from the original story, I still really enjoyed reading it, and I think this would be a fun and easy read, especially around Halloween. Plus, because the novelization includes Irving's original tale, you can immediately read the short story afterwards for a fun comparison. Thanks so much for checking out this single-cut review of the novelization of Sleepy Hollow. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Now don't forget to stay tuned for more single-cuts from either myself, Matthew, or Jeremy. And as always, be sure to stay tuned for more content on our YouTube channel. And please go check out our Facebook page where we discuss and share our favorite novelizations and book hauls. Have a great one, guys. Thanks so much.